Welcome to the Drink Like a Lady podcast, where we teach you not only to get a seat at the bar, but to get a seat in the boardroom. And joining me as always on a Wednesday is Kathy DeCherico-Stewart, who is a business strategist and my partner in crime in hosting this podcast each week for emerging female leaders. Kathy, how's it going? It's, it's really good. I, you know, I, was, I woke up this morning and I thought, you know, we do something special on Wednesdays and, and you know, there always has to be some kind of a, a little slogan. I thought, welcome to Wednesday. Yeah. Welcome to Wednesday. You know, it used to be hump day, but now it's just welcome to Wednesday. Wednesdays are fun. Wednesdays they are, are fun, fun nowadays. Especially since I've yeah. been working from home, by the way, you know, because you can kind of set your own schedule, which has been wonderful. Um, yeah, and it makes it, it's sort of like the center of the week, so it's like, well, you can reflect on what happened the first two days, and now you're like, where am I going on the next two days, and uh, that's why I came up with the welcome to Wednesdays for us. <laughs> well, we've been talking about women's leadership, and in episode one, to recap, we talked about the merit of the pivot as a leader. In episode yes. two, we talked about leading with empathy and a human-first attitude. Episode three, we talked about what it means to build a leadership brand. And then last week, we talked about putting that brand into action. This week, Kathy, you and I, we're going to be talking about the four factors that contributes to a, a leader's ability to influence. And I know that you were keen to talk about this, but why is this important? Why is this the natural lead up to putting your leadership brand into action? Well, you know, it's great to be a leader, but if you're not influencing anybody, it really doesn't matter. You're not really considered a leader of um, individuals uh, or teams or companies. So... There are now the skills that in, create great influence and great trust amongst those that follow you. And what in doing that influential um, skills factors, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for, for continued impact and empowerment of others. Yeah. I, I work with a branding coach as I'm starting to redo some of my assets for Lady Drinks. And yesterday she said to me, you know, Joy, I think you really need to take a break. You're a leader and you need to set that tone for others. And to, I, I understand that you're, you know, the machine keeps going for you but I think that you could really set the tone by taking a break so I guess number one our number one of our four factors we're sharing today is communication styles right like yes I have I have another mentor Ari Mizell who's a productivity expert and he said that people never act out of malice they only act out of bad direction so yes you must be clear you must be frequent in your communication you know, what's really important is, uh, you know, I, I read a, a, a quote last week. It talks about, you know, it's great to be a leader, but without communication, you're really not leading anything. And, and I think that's important. I tend to over-communicate to individuals, even if they have followed up on something or they've done something extraordinary. I examine that. Um, I say thank you a lot. Yeah. Or if I see something's off track, and I, one of the things I've always asked for, just put me on your email. What it helps me do is follow the pace of what you're doing, and then I can jump in. And that's a communication style as well. Yeah. And also circling back, right? Like I often come back to my members if I see that like a communication has been followed through or somebody never got back to somebody. I always circle back, as you say, you know, to see whether or not that, con that connect that I made between party A and party B is actually bore fruit or if it's still hanging out there and someone needs to be, you know, so I need to crack the whip somewhere. You know, and the other thing is with technology, we always assume that technology means it got to somebody. And, um, you know, early on, uh, you know, when, when technology was was new, I would say, well, did they get back to you? I would talk to one of my assistants, and they would be like, no, I've been waiting. And I'm like, well, something must be wrong. You yeah. know, so think about this. Why would that person not answer you? You know, 
they say I'm curious, where are we on this, etc. So that follow-up is really, really important, especially when you're on projects. Well, it's the difference between being, you know, a direct report and being a leader, right? That's taking leadership. So today, yes, folks, exactly. Today, folks, we're talking about the four factors that contribute to a leader's ability to influence. And number one is communication styles, uh, communicating often, communicating clearly. And number yes. two is consistency. And this is a big one, right? Like if you're if you're going to tell your direct reports. This has to be in by Friday at three o'clock, and then you yourself are late getting your report in. What do, what tone does that set? Right, like that doesn't set the, a good example. Um, if you say you have an open door policy as a boss, but then you are just volatile and cranky anytime anybody knocks on your door, and I'm sure you're not that person. Um, right, you know that's not being consistent. You know, one of the things that I always felt like is if I emulated where the behavior I wanted, people would follow that. Um, and that is why my day starts very early. I answer people early in the morning in terms of what they might need. Or I might ask a question, giving them enough time to answer that and put that into their day if it's something that is um, critical in, in terms of moving something along. Um, also, when I say you can call me at any time, I pretty much mean you can call me at any time. And, and uh, when I've worked with overseas companies, I've gotten calls in the middle of the night. Um, I've sort of had to wake up. Um, but I did it because I knew that, you know, if I wanted to do that or I needed to do that, whatever was going on, that I, I would be able to um, sort of, you know, have some assets that uh, were already set as right, well. Right. And it gives a chance to get the other person a chance to react, right? And with due time. Um, exactly. So number three is compassion, and I know that this is something that I always have to work on. But you know, does your does your leader or you as a leader do you demonstrate a higher level of commitment and care because somebody's going through something, and are you offering feedback in a way that's constructive, right? Because we all know that there's feedback that you can offer that's not constructive. You know, one of the things that that I've also made it as part of my mission is that if I make a lot of other individuals successful, if I make them look good, if I make them feel good in terms of what they're doing, um, that team is going to come together. And um, that power of having a team that can move something forward, even amidst currently what we have going on in many companies, and that is change, and that's new direction. And that's a very unsettling thing for a lot of individuals. So being able to be available to listen, um, to ask, how are you really doing? And, and sometimes, you know, it used to be easier to put your hand on someone's shoulder, but I, I still tend to put my hand on the person's shoulder and say, how are you doing? And, and allowing them, if they need the personal time, to have that conversation as well. And it's possible to be compassionate and still hold people accountable. They're not mutually exclusive to each other. You know, you know, Joy, one of the things that um, I, I did, and we talked about this, is this thing called the walk around. And I did that at, where I'd get in probably about an hour earlier. I, I guess everyone could tell I'm, I'm a very early morning person. Once my, my eyes are up and my feet hit the ground, um, they say, be careful because here she comes. How early is um, early? What time do you get up? Well, I, now I get up around between 5.15 and quarter to 6 because I'm not traveling. But when I traveled into the city, I was up at quarter to 4, and most of the time on a train at 5.25. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to get in, into the offices and settle in. And then it allowed me to do what I call the walkthroughs. And I walk through every morning at different times because you have your very other early birds. And they would 
love to tell you anything. And lots of times they would tell you personal stories about their family or, or a situation or even something that may have come up overnight in business. And one of the things that I felt was it was a surprise. I would sit in, in meetings, board meetings, and people would say, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? And it was simply just being available during off times. Mm-hmm. I did the exact, the exact same thing on the reverse. You know, how are you doing at the end of the night? Is there anything I need to do to help anybody at the end of the night so that they can go home stress-free? I didn't always go home stress-free, yeah. but I knew that I, and it didn't bother me because I think, as I said, part of my mission was to make someone else successful. So I took on that challenge to do that. That's part of the compassion that's really important today. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, well, tomorrow we're hosting uh, Laura Vanderkam, who is a mother of five children, one of which was just born within the year. But she's written several books on time management. And, um, you know, I was reading her book, which is yet to drop. It drops next week, but I got a preview copy. And, you know, she talks about the fact that um, now in the virtual world, it's important to still do the walk around, to check in. Mm and see how people are doing. And it becomes even more tantamount when that person's not in the room and someone's asking you of something, but you know that somebody else, first of all, you want to punt it because you're like, I don't, I can't do it. I don't have the bandwidth. But I think Sally over there has, uh-huh. you know, would be a great candidate for this. I think she has the chops to do it. I think she, you, should, you should hire her. You know, there were several situations where, where there was um, regional offices, and I had one regional office at one point who was losing individuals for different reasons. And um, in one of my early morning walkarounds, another project manager started to tell me about something she was doing, and I instantly said, would you be willing to work on this virtual team out there? And she was delighted. Yeah. You know, it was a new challenge for her as well. And the other point about walking around is, if you walk around, you can feel the energy. And I believe very much in energy and what, what pervades. You can feel a dark energy or a very light or something that is very unique. So, um, you know, once again, it's the opportunity that you talk about by doing that walk around and, and who may just be so welcome to be helping you out in a different area. And sharing that they actually are doing some something that's applicable to a project, right? Like you wouldn't yes. know that until you got that one-on-one time. Exactly. Never would have known it. Never would have. That's why I was always, how do you know that? Yeah. I know it. Yeah. So today, folks, we are talking on the Drink Like a Lady podcast for emerging female leaders about the four factors that contribute to a leader's ability to influence. And number one is communication style. Number two is consistency in your behavior and what you ask of your direct reports. Number three is demonstrating compassion. And Kathy was just saying that one of her, you know, daily cadences was to walk around pre-pandemic obviously and check in with people see what they wanted see what they were working on and see who could be qualified for something that's coming up down the line and then number four is connection to purpose um i had the privilege of interviewing the ceo of wander beauty um couple months ago now and she said that even though the tectonic plates were always shifting in other words the teams were always shifting she always made sure that the goals stayed in front your why you know, what's really important, people people really do want to be part of a purposeful um, company, a, a situation, and you will find that if you align someone's individual purpose with the purpose of a company, you get a lot more out of those individuals than you would if it was someone who's just coming to work. You know, and I've sat in situations where, you know, I could look at someone and, you know, I'll ask them a question. You can tell they're not there. It's not part of their game plan. They they're can't wait till 5 o'clock. The difference is... 
by continuing to communicate. So we go back to the first point of communication, um, whether it is through your own verbal communication or even, um, you know, having, uh, you know, signs up all over a company or whether it's on the website in, in terms of the internet that may be working for the personnel, you know, discussing that purpose is, and questioning is, is what you're doing on purpose. Right. You know, if they need to make a decision on their own, is it on purpose? Is it on mission? So critical. Yeah. And I, again, like I said, I was reading Laura's book. It's a preview copy, yeah. but she's like, you know, asking people not necessarily to manage by time, because, you know, the workday is the lines of when the workday begins and workday yes. ends have gotten very blurry given that we're all working from home now. But if you can yes. manage by task, you know that things are getting done. Even if it's done by 11 o'clock in the morning, it's done, right? But if you can kind of connect the dots through your direct reports and say, what's your why? You know, at the end of the day, right. why are you doing this? Is this the best use of your time? That's going to be a way that you're going to be able to influence whoever it is that's reporting into you. And you know what, Joy, with, with going back to the why, it's also the why as part of your team. What is your purpose within the team? If there's a project going on, why do you need to get that part of it done? How much will that hold up? And it was something that I always asked individuals to circle back, even if it was a 10-minute a total meeting that's in the morning saying, let's check in, where are we, what do we need to accelerate in order to get that. And then individuals didn't feel like they were being put upon. Or if they did, were backed up. They could ask for help, and that's also part of, uh, of understanding the energy of what's going on and creating, you know, actually, you know, the impact of what you can do to help them. The CEO of a company called Castle, and for the life of me, I can't remember what they do, but she had this interesting system that she had implemented in her company where, you know, she would come in and she would, of course, have some great, brilliant idea that she thought of overnight and then foisted upon her, like, direct reports to be able to execute on them. But each yeah. individual person had a scoring system and they could score all of the items that were on their plate. And if this new ask came in and it wasn't necessarily aligning with the priorities that they had, they could actually assign it a score that made it go lower on the totem pole. Oh, conversely, sure. they could go back to her and ask, okay, which one of these am I going to de-escalate and put yours on right. top, right? So again, right. this goes back to the whole communication thing. It's asking, it's communicating frequently and communicating often. And, and being very honest, I think that's really critical um, with anybody up or down or whatever, being honest where you are, whether or not you're going to be able to accomplish that. And sometimes, you know, individual, we get up in the morning, I've, I've always got like 10 ideas going on. Yeah. And I'll ask people and they'll go, I don't know. Oh, that's great. And if people don't see the greatness in it, they're not going to help move it along. Right. But if there's a resistance and you feel really strong, you've got to once again go back and you've got to reevaluate what you, your ideas as well. She's she sounds like a very smart woman. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed listening to her speak. Um, so you great. have a couple of points that we talked about before we got on this call, but what happens when you're in a really bureaucratic organization? How hard is it to connect to purpose? You know, when it, when it, it, it takes a lot of, I think, um, reflective time. It takes a lot of, I used to do that. I always had an open door policy, but there were times when the door was closed. Yeah. And that door closure might have been for five minutes, ten minutes, because I needed to reconnect back to that purpose. I needed to understand, because you can get caught up in the wave and, and the flow of someone else's bureaucratic methods. Right. Um, by staying true to that and, and just going, breathing through it and going back to it, you're able to, to reconstruct it on your own path. 
And it's one thing that I, I've seen often is women get lost because, and I say that we, women, because we sometimes doubt ourselves more than men. Men go, yeah, that's where I'm going to you know, go and I'm going to go get that done. Uh, where women will go, well, I want to work with them. Well, he doesn't want to. But I am finding even now allowing individuals, no matter what the gender is, to have their time to speak, but making sure, and I'm always prepared with my own agenda at any meeting, um, listening, understanding, and then going back to where I want to be in order to stay out of that bureaucratic um, entanglement. And truly the art of influence is still navigating through the system and getting the outcome that you yes. wanted, right? Yes. Because there yeah. might be many obstacles that are in front of you, but how do you kind of still bring you, bring your team and bring the project over the finish line? You know, Joy, one of the other, the other uh, incidences I'm, I'm and I think there's wonderful, I was talking to a lovely little young lady today who you introduced me to, and each of us has a vision of something that we do very, very well. Mm -hmm. Each of us does. I, I call it your unique talent. And you never want to take away that unique talent from anybody. I, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other thing is I, I think what you want to do is enhance it. But there are times when, for instance, I'm sure you see and I've seen a vision of how it's going to be and how it's going to turn out. And someone has tried to take you off that track. Yeah. Um, but it's very clear. So, uh, you know, I encourage everyone, no matter who they might be, um, you know, stay true to your vision. Um, understand the nuances of, of what that may be to get there. Um, but understand that other people may not see what you see. Yeah. And it's up to you as an influencer to allow them to see what you, what you already have in your head. I'm somebody who's always had vision since like I was a little kid, right? And I, and I realize that people want to be led, right? They want to be with somebody who's got conviction about the idea. It could be something as simple as like, we're going to go walk this way versus this way. But at least you have got some conviction. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, I, I always get crazy with people who can't figure out where they want to eat and it takes 45 minutes. Yeah. It's, okay, let's eat here. End of discussion. Let's go on. And um, you're right. People will follow you and you will be a greater influence if you're very clear about where you want to go. So today on today's um, Drink Like a Lady podcast, we are talking about leadership as it relates to women, and we are talking about the four factors that contribute to a leader having influence. And number one was communication style, communicating, communicating often, communicating uh, clearly. Number two was consistency, you know, making sure that your actions line up with that that you're expecting of your direct reports and that there isn't like a, there isn't a disconnect between that. Uh, number three, having compassion. We're all human beings. We're not human doings, right? So having compassion for the fact that people can be in different states and be in different um, uh, sort of parts of life, and you got to meet them where they are. And then number four is connection to purpose. Really, as a leader, connecting the organization to what the bigger why is. And if people individually are having a hard time connecting to the why, then you know how can you help them connect those dots for them? Exactly. Exactly. Kathy, any final All strong thoughts? Points. Any final thoughts? Is there anyone in your sphere of influence that you think is a re really embodies this? You know, there are so many individual, in, uh, and I look at, at women and, and some men, but, um, you know, we've talked about Mindy Grossman before. I, I've always, always looked up to her, and um, she's been amazing. My my friend, uh, I have a couple friends over at the Wall Street Journal when I work there. Um, Ann Sarnoff, who I worked for, and she's now out in California working for um, one of the big film agencies out there. What, what's important is, I think, to create the relationships 
um, both up and down, and stay true to who you are, and, and watch also the way people influence as well. And sometimes influence means not saying too much in the middle of a major conversation, but really uh, taking it all in as well um, for yourself and for other people on your team. Right, because you listen with two ears, and that's the reason we have one mouth. That's exactly correct. Well, we'll be back next week. And Kathy, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, if they want to work with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You can you can um, email me at Stuart Kathy S T U A R T Kathy K A T H I E at gmail dot com, or call me on my cell phone six zero nine nine three three seven six hundred. You are brave to give out your phone number. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> and you can always get a hold of me at info at ladydrinks.com. I'm all over social media, so it's never hard to get a hold of me. But we will see you all next week, next Wednesday, for the Drink Like a Lady podcast, how to get a seat at the bar and how to get a seat in the boardroom. Till next time. Bye now.